This is the Addiction Recovery Podcast with Stephen T. Ginsberg, founder of Restore Detox Centers in sunny California. Enjoy your experience. Hey, everybody. It's great to be back for another episode of Addiction Recovery. I'm here with Stephen, and today we're going to be talking about pleasing people. So welcome to the show. Steve, thank you so much. I'm so appreciative that we are getting time together, and most importantly, I'm so pleased as always that we are focusing on the solution and not perpetuating addiction and alcoholism. Yeah, absolutely. And today we have a very important topic, which builds on our last episode where we were talking about entitlement. It kind of relates here, but I want to share something that I read recently and get your thoughts on this, Stephen. The other day I was reading in this book and it was talking about envy, right? And I think for us, you know, as human beings, sometimes we fall into the envy trap. And for me, it's not necessarily like looking at somebody else and saying, oh, I wish I had your car. I wish I had your house or, you know, your cat or whatever it is. For me, it's more like, why not me? You know, like I've been working hard. I've been busting my butt. Like, why can't I have this or that or this success or whatever it may be? You know, and it's often rooted in my, my lack of patience. I'm not a very patient person. So I was reading this thing about envy and then the next chapter was talking about pleasing people, which is kind of interesting, like envy and pleasing people. And in the book, it said, pleasing people is the opposite of envy. And I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting. So I read more. And basically it was saying that when we try to please people and we care more about pleasing people than pleasing God, for example, or a higher power, whatever you you believe in, then we fall into this trap of putting that other person, you know, above God, like we make them our God or, you know, we care more about them. And, and instead of like focusing on ourselves and becoming the best version of ourselves. So I'll pause there. What are your thoughts on that so far, Stephen? Two thoughts really stand out. First of all, I think envy is one of the dirtiest four letter words out there in our language for starters. And secondarily, People pleasing and comparison are absolutely the robbers of joy. And, and I think it's very apropos that the topic is, is addressed, especially this especially falls into the camp of people who are dealing with someone they care about or someone they love and their journey with addiction and alcoholism. If we are trying to actually placate them, if we are trying to go along and coddle them into behavior patterns that are different, we, we are heading into a, a 100% guaranteed failed endeavor from the get-go. We've got to be bold and we've got to make strides to help them understand and assess lovingly that things are way off and that no amount of attempted placation is going to get them to put down the bottle or put down their drug of choice. It's going to be through a very demanding ultimatum-based solution where help is offered and where they're not shamed and they're not belittled, but they're they're made to know there's only one path to and through this, which is a path of sobriety. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's interesting with people pleasing because you know there's always opposition in all things, right? And there's always a pro and a con, a positive and a negative. There's always two sides of everything. And so if we think about a, an election, there's never been an election out there where 100% of the people voted for one person, 
right? So there's always, you know, you're Republican, you're Democrat, you're, you know, you're this, you're that, whatever it may be in whatever context we're talking about, but there's always this opposition. So when we try to please people, like you're always going to have people that you can't please. Like it's impossible to please everybody. I mean, think about God, like God is perfect in all regards and still he can't please everybody. So if God can't do it, like how can we as broken, imperfect human beings try to please people? And I think, you know, I've fallen in this trap before and it's, it's hard, you know, because you want to please people. You want people to like you, you want to fit in, but when you care about that more than you know, other things, it could be a real problem. It's such a great point. And it's also a real area of opportunity as we are being trusted with raising young people. We have to help young people understand, especially in this day and age, especially with the pressures that are provided for and promoted through social media, that to be a part of is not always the best or the most conducive thing for a healthy life and lifestyle to stand apart and where we're called to be different can, can truly make a difference in other people's lives through our actions and modeled behavior. Whereas going along with a crowd or being a part of the problem rather than a part of the solution, which is people pleasing all dressed up in another widely spoken about outfit can truly perpetuate more of the darkness that's out there. So both from a standpoint of, of not placating nor enabling others. And from the standpoint of, of understanding that we are called to be different, you thwart back on that, that people pleasing element that exists in our society. And you start to perpetuate and provide solution-based behaviors that people can model from this watching world. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I have kids, you have kids. We want our kids to like us. We want to please our kids. We want to give our kids things that Maybe we didn't have growing up. We want to do things differently compared to our parents. Like at least that's that's me. But I think where it could, it could really be a problem, and I, I want to hear your experience, is when parents are sitting there and they're like, okay, you know, Johnny or Sarah or Beth or whatever, my kid, you know, they're in high school, they're you know about to graduate, or they want to have some friends over and and celebrate homecoming or this or that. So maybe I'll just go and get some beer and some alcohol and just let them drink at home. And it's, it's fine. Like I'll take everybody's keys. My kid will be you know popular at school. They'll, they'll, they have the cool parents. Right. And, and I'm able to please them and it'll make my kid really happy. And they'll, they'll love me for that. And I, and that's just one example. And that's an extreme. I think it can come about in so many different ways, but what are your thoughts on that type of behavior and thinking? You're hitting a, a topic I'm passionate about the last thing you want to do and the last place you want to be is do and be those parents or that house where that type of conduct is promoted and provided. If we permit it, we absolutely promote it. We want to be anti all of that. A child who's underage, there is no safe environment for them to be drinking. They don't have enough brain development to make good choices where alcohol is concerned. We certainly don't want to encourage that type of conduct or behavior by collecting keys and saying, at least they're under my roof and I know they're safe. You're signing a hall pass for behavior that could be detrimental 
at the least and fatal at the worst. Yep. And very quickly, while it's under your control, supposedly in your household and you're, and you're promoting this type of behavior, very quickly, they'll want to move it out of your household and experiment with it and try to manage it on their own. And alcohol use and abuse and drug use and abuse is unmanageable even for adults. What's someone who's young in their formative years supposed to do with artillery like that? What they're going to do is blow themselves and someone else up. Yeah. No, and then that's an excellent point. I love that perspective. Okay. Let me ask you one more thing here, Stephen, and kind of share, you know, a, a thought that I had for myself, you know, bringing this to me, you know, going back to the pleasing people idea, I've realized that, you know, you can't please everybody, like I said before. And, you know, there's people that are just miserable, right? They're just miserable people. And it doesn't matter what you do. They're always going to be miserable. And they want to make you miserable just like them, right? Miserable people love good, love bad company or whatever and hurt people, hurt people, right? So, you know, when it comes to this, it's like, I need to focus on myself, my relationship with God, because that that's important to me. That's the only person I care about pleasing. And if I don't fit in with anybody else, if people don't like me, you know, so what, as long as I'm doing good and I'm being the best version of myself, you know, that's really what I'm focused on. And I think, you know, this is really important for people because if you struggle with pleasing people, then you may fall into the trap of encouraging bad behavior, right? And and fostering an environment where drugs and alcohol can really destroy lives and destroy your family. What are your thoughts on that, Stephen? A thousand percent on point all the way around. You want to perpetuate and model behavior that is solution-based. You want to have people participating alongside you in behaviors that support the best possible outcome. If there's an underage person that is making life choices where drugs and alcohol are concerned, you don't want to do anything except provide transparent information about how detrimental those choices can be. And then if you're an adult in the adult world, whatever that all means to everyone and anyone, you again, it, so much of it streams back to enablement. You don't want to enable behavior where conduct where there is unmanageability or powerlessness over drug, drugs or alcohol is supported and provided. You want to continue to steer people who are having those issues and challenges towards a solution, towards the solution, and towards recognition of the fact that they have powerlessness over alcohol and drugs and that it's causing unmanageability in their lives. You want to be solution-based. You want to be courageous in your approach and you want to be authentic and transparent. It's not always the greatest things for other people to hear, but it's some of the greatest things that we can say as people who love others who are suffering. Well said. And let's go ahead and wrap on that point. If any of you who are listening to this episode have any comments, questions, or you just want to give us feedback, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at restoreddetoxcenters.com. Also, we have a lot of resources for you and a lot of information at restoreddetoxcenters.com. So go ahead and visit our website there if you want to learn more and access these great tools. And thanks for joining us. And Stephen, it's been a pleasure being on this episode with you again. Steve, thank you so much. And please, if you are out there and this is relevant in any way, shape, or form, and there's anything we can do or provide for you and your loved ones, please know we are here with you and for you in all things. Everyone have a safe and sober day.